Beyond the Party, episode three. Uh, first two weeks went really well. We're happy with all the support so far. Today's guest is going to be Martin, hey. official Martin Music. I'm happy that you could join us here, Martin. And please bear with us. Me and Tyler will be sharing a mic this week. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with the other one. But, <laughs> yeah. How was your guys' weekends? My weekend was awesome. Um, I can't remember what happened before Friday, but Friday I played in Porta Asbury Park. Uh, it was my debut over there, and it was freaking insane. Um, awesome, awesome night. Like, would love to go back and highly recommend checking it out. Uh, Saturday... Woke up early and played the Wells Fargo Center in the concourse for the first playoff game in 76ers, and it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And after that, I rushed over to Camden Aquarium for a wedding, and it literally, like, I don't want to sound super positive all day, but it was the best wedding I've ever done. Like, I loved the couple, the family was awesome, and it went completely smoothly. So it was just amazing. Yeah, and, that's dope. Yeah. It's cool to keep switching it up to, like, different kinds of gigs not just doing the same thing, you know, over yeah. and over again. Because it's definitely, you know, a very different like, playlist you're playing at a wedding con uh, compared to the you know, Porta or the Sixers game. Yeah. That was the Sixers game, though. The energy was a crazy. Oh, my God, the energy was insane. Yeah. It was great. And it was so funny. I actually saw so many people I knew walking through the concourse while I was playing. Um, I really tried to play as much, like, Philly music as possible. Mm -hmm. Just really – it got me more excited for the playoffs than I already was. Um and it was, like, really fun seeing all of these people come in and being able to be the soundtrack to the hype of them walking into the stadium. That was, like, really special. In terms of, like, Philly nightlife right now, I feel like, you know, there's a group of the younger DJs that are, like, really starting to, like, make their mark and play mm -hmm. at a lot of different spots. And you're definitely, I you mean, know, in that conversation. Yeah, but thank you. But where did you start? Where did you grow up at? So um, my grandfather has the greatest love for music in the world he has the most insane record collection of all time and everything's first edition that's what he told me the last time we went through his stuff he's like i don't have any of that second edition crap mm -hmm. this is all the first edition um he had such a true love for music and he really gave that to my mom and her brothers and sisters and she passed that on to me um it started as early as me being two years old, singing songs at the top of my lungs in the car, requesting songs from my mom so much that she would go out and find the CD and make sure that she could play it on repeat in the car. Um, I think the next big point for me musically was when I was 10 years old, um, Guitar Hero came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started playing Guitar Hero and I fell in love with it, and I started to be really interested in the music. And at that point, I was like, wait, let me just look up these people on YouTube, these songs. And that really started to get me into uh, different artists, different bands, and really started my music discovery journey. Um, at that time, I also told my parents, like, I want to learn guitar. And they were like, if you want us to buy you a guitar, you're going to have to take an instrument and band. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do it. But I really wanted to do the guitar. Right. So um, it was like, that. it was interesting. That conversation happened in like a few weeks. They did this whole thing at my school where like every like music teacher in the n like network or district would come in and they'd all showcase each instrument. Mm. And so I picked the trumpet. So I'm a very proficient trumpet player and that was my first instrument. And... Uh, put in the time, and then I did guitar. Um, then when I was 14, well, I moved to New Jersey when I was 12. I'm originally from Chicago. So when I was 14, I started going to teen clubs in New Jersey. Um, New Jersey had a very big teen nightlife scene um, all over the state. And one of my friends was like, yo, like everyone's going this thing. You should go da da da, -da. And I was like, okay. Um, I went, and... I got to see DJs for the first time. I heard a lot of electronic music that I was not familiar with at that time. It opened up my mind to that world. And from then on, I really started to get more and more into that world. I started going more. And I started promoting within three months. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, within three months of being in mm -hmm. that atmosphere, I started promoting. And I got really close with a lot of the DJs. 
There's one in particular. Um, he and I were talking a bunch, and one day I asked him, I was like, how did you get into DJing? What, where did you find this music? I didn't know about SoundCloud yet. I didn't know record pools, I don't, nothing. Mm -hmm. And all he said to me was, figure it out. <laughs> um, it's funny, because that's like the best advice yeah. anyone could ever give you. But, you know, it's just kind of petty in a way. Um, but I kind of sat down and I put my nose to the grindstone for a year and a half and I figured it out. I got a controller. I started digging for music and I started practicing. I was putting mixes up on SoundCloud all the time, just trying to get better. And then an opportunity came and um, I knocked out the park, started bringing me back once a month and it turned into residencies as a 15, 16 year old. Um, and it kept growing, and then I moved to Philly for college, and I had to start over at step one. What college? Uh, Drexel University. Oh, Drexel, okay, cool. Yeah. So you were part of, like, the, the little Weston Down crew, right? You were yeah. You DJing there a lot, because I know that's a huge, that was a huge Drexel spot. Now, yeah. You know, that converted to Pace and Blossom now. Yeah, so to get into the whole Weston Down crew thing, because I definitely think that's a, a big moment. Mm -hmm. Um so I came to Drexel, and I had to start at step one again. Um, Drexel was my number one. I knew I wanted to go there. They have an incredible music ministry program. And I, I applied um, like early, whatever it was called. And I got in, and I checked out everything. <laughs> checked out yeah. after. I was like, I got in my number one. I'm done. <laughs> um, me and Nika Oso, um, we had actually connected on Facebook or GroupMe super early. We had this group chat with a couple other people, yeah. and it was the <laughs> Drexel DJs. And, like, we talked. I tried to bring him up to Jersey, and, like, we were really excited to get to Philly and start making names for ourselves. Um, once we got to Philly, we were trying to figure out ways that we could do things. And at the time, this was before Instagram Live, uh, me and Nico would DJ every week on Facebook Live. I think it was like Wednesdays in my dorm room. I'd get the lights on. Like, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're all trying to figure stuff out. Um, he started promoting at some clubs, and I really took the time to try and improve myself. And like, I started doing frats the following year, and I was just kind of waiting for the right opportunity. And when West was beginning to open, uh, Nico was starting White Claw Wednesday there. Right, yeah. um, me and a friend, we literally went into, we DM'd West and Down, and we're like, you need us on your team, uh, so when are we meeting? Let us in for a meeting. We met, da-da-da, and he's like, we were said, like, hey, we could do this, this, and this. And he's like, we'll see next week, next Friday, bring everyone. And I was like, oh, okay. And so that's kind of how I got onto the team. And there's you know, similar stories or like someone invited someone. But we got this like big core group of guys. And it all tied together um, Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. So everyone was kind of on board by the last week of September, if not earlier than that. We all were pushing crazy. The two weekends of Halloween uh wednesday friday saturday wednesday friday saturday the door was shut by eleven thirty. Yeah. every like we hit capacity so quickly and it really uh changed things for a lot of us um but then covid hit <laughs> um western down was the only place that i had really been playing at that time and um i did a few small things here and there but I hadn't really been able to make a name for myself in the city. And so when COVID hit, it really slowed things down. Right. Um, I personally, I had no work. I know I had zero work and I was waiting for things to come back. I was worried that I was going to have to uh, completely change what I was doing. Um, I have a large background in the music industry, so I knew that I could find something within that. If not, and I helped actually open a recording studio in the fall of 2020. Okay. Cool. Uh, but I was really concerned about when, um, you know, live entertainment was going to come back. Things started to pick up again in the early spring of 2021. Um, the city was allowing a couple places to open. 
Weston Down reopened, and we had a crazy time. You know, it started off pretty simple, and as, you know, the city started to let more things happen, um, it grew. Um, after the summer was when I would say things really picked up for me. Um, I started my residency at Wreck and Royal. I started playing a lot of places in the city, and things really picked up. So that's kind of my background from being a child to 2021, mm -hmm. at least. I kind of started in Philly, like, right after COVID hit, and it started mm -hmm. back up. Um, I DJed at Brew for the first time in the summer of 2021. Hell yeah. So I didn't get to, like, really, you know, I didn't experience, like, the stoppage as a DJ um, from COVID, but I'm sure that was really hard for everybody, you know, especially yeah. for people that were that was doing it full-time. It's like, yeah. shit, I don't have any gigs. And uh, it was tough. Yeah. It was really tough. I feel like it also kind of opened more opportunities for people, you know, just starting up because it was like a whole new game oh, after, 100%. after COVID uh, compared to what it was before. COVID created a major shift. Um, you know, there was a lot of people that had a lot of power, a lot of control, and no bookings were getting given up. Mm -hmm. After COVID, you know, a lot of people were able to move in, a lot of people were able to shake things up, and a lot of new opportunities opened up. And they have continued to open up each year, you know. 2021, the city was open again. Things were exciting. People were out. 2022, more people were out. Mm -hmm. This year, it's like no one's scared anymore. And so more places are opening. More people are starting to invest again. More things are happening, and it's a really exciting time. Yeah, no, 100%. And even, like, these past, like, few weeks, the weather being like this, it's actually, yeah. like, insane. Oh, it's Everywhere insane. is mob. I, I love it. Like, you know, there's places I DJed at in December that were, like, pretty dead. You know, like, 10, 20 people there. Yeah. And I'm DJing them now, and it's, you know, yeah. packed capacity. Dude, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's freaking awesome. Honestly, you know, uh, in March of this year, I was traveling most of the month. I was in mm -hmm. Texas, Florida, and then Canada. And Canada was not, like, Canada was awesome. The fact that it was cold, I did not like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I came back here knowing it was still warm, like, that it was warm was just, it was great. How was that, though, like, going on the road for a month? Was it a lot? It was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that it was not a lot. It was a lot. But it was amazing, and it was one of the best experiences I've had. Um, Texas, I was at South by Southwest. It was my second year. Um, for those who don't know, South by Southwest is a major conference that includes art, uh, music, technology, and film. Mm -hmm. And a lot of great performances happened there. And I was lucky enough to be able to perform with the artists I work with and, you know, connect with people that I've mm -hmm. known for a long time. And it was incredible. And then in Florida, um, I performed on my own for a few performances. I went to Miami Music Week, and then we had two shows with the artists I work with as well. And it was a lot of running around. Um, because of the nature of Florida, there's like multiple massive cities about. There's no reason to fly, so I rented yeah. a car and I drove everywhere. So I was, I was racking in miles like crazy <laughs> and not sleeping a lot. Um, uh, but it was awesome. And then I flew back on... So I went direct from Texas to Florida. So I was living out of bag for two weeks. And then I got back to Philly on Sunday. And I left Tuesday night at 9 p.m. right after a gig to drive to Canada. So it was a lot of running around and yeah. not much of a break. Uh, but I wouldn't give it up for anything. I'm very blessed, lucky, and happy to be in the position I'm in. And to be able to travel for a living to work and perform music is beyond exciting and I'm beyond grateful for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though it is really hard, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's yeah. definitely a grind, but like, I don't know, playing music, you know, for a living is just something that you don't think, yeah. like when you're younger, it's not something you think, oh, like I really could do this full time. It's always, oh, I got to go to college, study this, and pursue this career, pursue yeah. this career. But it's crazy how things kind of just happen. And I kind of had that moment um, when we were with Sean Kingston. That yeah. was that was probably the biggest crowd I ever played for, and that was insane. 
Um, I know you have a pretty large like resume with uh, opening up for artists, mm -hmm. playing for artists, uh, a boogie juice world, yeah. and so on. Um, are those kind of like your favorite kind of gigs to do, or um, is it very concerts are my favorite. Yeah, I love concerts. Um, it's a group of people that are all there for the same reason, mm -hmm. and that's something special. Um, there's something special about nightlife too. You know, there's a there's hundreds, maybe thousands, depending on the venue, but there's a lot of people coming for all different reasons, and that's super beautiful in its own right, but I love concerts because everyone is coming for the shared experience of we all love this music. There's just an energy there that is incredible, and I, I love doing concerts. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned Juice World. Uh, doing the Juice World show was an incredible night for me. Uh, very blessed I was able to do it. I was blessed I was able to see him before right. what ultimately happened. Mm. Um, I actually got to see him perform a couple times, and it was incredible seeing kind of like how his growth and like how much better he had gotten, and like like he's really talented. Um, Kingston was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was a really good time. I wasn't yeah. expect. Yeah, I didn't know what to really expect because mm -hmm. he is kind of an older artist. All his popular yeah. songs were from you know like back when we were younger. That was insane. Yeah. It was actually mobbed. Dude, um, it was crazy. Tell us about your early life and kind of where you're at now. Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I see myself doing a lot. Um, I don't think as everyone's as familiar with it because I do not market it as well. But um, I make my own music. So I songwrite. I produce. Um, I, I play multiple instruments, as I have said earlier. Mm -hmm. um, so I really want to put more focus on that. Um, I do still want to grow what I'm doing as a DJ. I mean, especially now that I'm traveling, it's a very big deal to me uh, to keep continuing that. But I want to find a balance that works. Um, I'm currently working on a lot of stuff that I'm really excited to roll out. Uh, just trying to, you know, put more of the um, image that I want to give across mm -hmm. and really cement what my brand looks like. Yeah, I feel like DJing and producing are kind of really coming hand in hand, yeah. especially in today's world with like TikTok and everything. Mm -hmm. You see all these DJs just releasing you know, different kinds of music and that's kind of how they're getting booked and how that they're getting their name known. Making music is like my greatest passion in the world and there's nothing like it. Right. And yeah. it's just awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of music? I don't have a favorite kind of music. I love everything and you know, Maybe that's a lame answer, but I just love music because it's music. I think music's been one of, why I do what I do is because music's been one of the few things that I've always been able to rely on. It's something that brings me happiness. It brings me joy. It makes me feel something. Um, it makes me sad when I need to be sad. And, you know, music's just everything. I feel like music is life. You know, like, without Without music, what is life, kind of? Also, just bring people together in so many different mediums, like, for example, concerts, yeah. or just people watching a YouTube video in the comment section, all, you know, like, talking about an album or a song. It's crazy how many different um, platforms, you know, music is able to be yeah. showcased on, and people could really connect with it. Um, I love how it, like, impacts your emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, they can hit every single emotion. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And that's like, I think that's something I like to really think about when I'm DJing, is I want to hit everyone's emotions. I'd, I don't know if you've ever seen a cl typical closing set for me, but I, oh, yeah. I really like to get everyone, like, I like to touch everyone, like, get them in their bag a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's, it's fun. I, I like being able to, like, really, like, influence people in that way with music, and it's... I don't know. It's just awesome. Yeah, you, you are traveling around like a mm. bit. Have you noticed, um, based on where you are, mm. how the crowd reacts to different kinds of songs or certain genres of music? Uh, so it's all, It sometimes it might just be the venue more than the city, or but there's definitely some 
cultural differences depending on where you are. Right. Like if you're in Florida, you might play a little more Spanish music than you would in other places. But also, you know, like Chicago has a huge Spanish community. And so, you know, in the same thing, that doesn't make that much of a difference. Right. One of the most interesting things that happened recently, um, like when I was in Canada, it was my second day. Um, it was like this 1500 cap venue and it was going crazy. And I played Boys a Liar, and it did not get the reaction I expected. Really? Wow. It, it didn't kill. Yeah. It's, but it just, like, the energy just, like, went down, like, huh. half a hair. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't expect this song to not work. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, that's the cool thing about traveling is, like, figure out what's universal, what's more regional, what mm-hmm. works in what spaces. And it's it's neat. Yeah, no, that is cool. And what's your, I know you're still starting out and you're still young. What's your biggest advice for somebody, say a DJ that's just Mm -hmm. literally just starting out, just got a board, just downloaded Serato. Mm -hmm. What's your biggest advice for them? Uh, I think my biggest advice of someone starting out is keep downloading music, keep being curious, listen to every DJ you possibly can. There's always something you can learn. Um, there's always you can always get better um you can always i don't know, I'll take that one back what i do want to say is still try to be true to you you know i think a lot of djs they um they might play the right stuff but they aren't like making sure that things fit with their brand you know not everyone is right for every room mm-hmm. um and so playing in the place that makes sense for you, learning as much music knowledge as you can because you never know where you're going to be and you might have to play something that you're not used to. And so just trying to continue to learn, trying to continue to get better. Um, it's a marathon. It's not a race. And, you know, your moment will come at the right time. You know, I, going back to some what I was talking about before, with the massive reception of West and Down, I was starting to gain a lot of momentum, but I hadn't like made it right through yet. And so when COVID hit, I had no work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I do, once the city reopened, I worked extremely hard for you know eight to ten months before the right opportunity came, and I you know I worked hard, I did the right thing, and someone gave me opportunity, and I was able to take it to the next level, and you know. You always got to be ready. Um, you know, success happens when uh, preparedness meets opportunity. So always try to work harder to be more prepared. That way, when the opportunity comes, you can succeed. Yeah, and I feel like now with networking, you know, with other other DJs and uh, venues and stuff like that that you want to get into, that's obviously very key. But I think social media plays a huge factor in everything. And you know, looking at your social media, it looks like you put a lot of effort and time into it uh, to, you know, to make sure it has a certain appearance and mm-hmm. people are able to view certain things about your life and like stuff that you have done. And mm-hmm. I feel like that could really play huge into you, know, you growing and DJing at different places and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Thank you. you know, I, I work really hard on my social media. It's something, you know, social media is a double-edged sword, but I know that in the right circumstance, it can work. And so I put a lot of work in, you know, I don't know if you've seen my weekend recaps, I did. Yeah, but yeah. I, every weekend, <laughs> every Sunday or Monday, I take all the clips I shot all week. If there's anyone that has clips, I try and ask for those clips. I throw them onto my computer. I open Final Cut Pro. I, I, so I make music, like I said, and so I will, most of the beats on my weekend recaps are made by me. So I throw that in, and then I cut up the videos how I need, and then I do voiceover, one for Instagram, one for TikTok, even though I should just record it when I'm making the video. I don't do it that way, but I will learn to do that. Um, and so I, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort, and I really want to showcase everything I do. I think I'm a very busy person. I have a lot that I'm doing, and I think the best way to make sure that I'm being best represented on social media is to showcase all that. And I think for a long time, 
I was lacking and not showing what I was doing. So that's kind of the thought process behind why I started doing that. Yeah, certain people definitely use social media just to showcase their highs mm-hmm. and kind of not everything that they're you know involved with or doing or even you know just the smaller things that you know they're focusing on. And yeah, I feel like you definitely like just like cover everything that that you're a part of. Um, have you ever single-handedly just got a gig because of your social media? Like, have venues hit you up? I've definitely gotten a ton. A ton, um, yeah. Some I didn't know about, but I, I'll give two examples. One was a wedding. I know this because the woman called me uh, to talk about it before it was booked, and she's like, yeah, um, so I did some light stalking. I found your Instagram. It's awesome. I want you to DJ my wedding. And I was like, okay, cool. So that's that's one. Um, and another one was the Canada stuff. Uh, someone reached out to me to DJ in Canada. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Da, 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 da. And he was like, yeah, uh, I'd sent your in- information to the guy at top, looked at your social media for like two seconds and said he can fly. Oh, wow. And that was so that was awesome. It. I love hearing stuff like that just because it validates all the hard work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think social media is so important to your overall image. Like it's, it is important and it can definitely make a huge difference in how your brand is perceived. And like, it can show a difference of how serious you are. You know, for a long time, I didn't have videos that showcased me actually DJing. Like, you know, there's a picture of me in front of a equipment, but right. to have a couple videos that have, they are a minute long and show me doing three quick transitions and they're clean, it's like, okay, so he at least knows how to DJ. And then, you know, you have other clips where it's like, okay, I see he's in this place, this is good. And I think um, I would say to anyone that's just starting out, like, definitely try to put in that time to your social media. Have you seen um, Nick Spinelli? His uh, pages. Oh, his page is amazing. He's always posting the mixes he does at like weddings and yeah. you know everything. It's, it's. I mean, they just blow up and yeah. people like really show respect when you have a good mix and that is huge posting reels now and you know just small clips. Yeah, um, especially raw footage. Yeah, raw yeah. footage does really well. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah, people are like, because there's been times where I wanted to get like videographers certain things and stuff, but people told me, yeah, just post, record with your phone. Yeah. Or have someone record you on their phone. Like that's that's fine. Um, you know, you shouldn't be too like caught up in having to get professional like work done at every single gig or something like that. Because yeah. people kind of want to just like see in the moment and live in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. I think if you have like one big gig, like if you could get one professional video once a month, mm-hmm. I think that's good. And besides that, you know, take the raw footage. There's so much you can do. You can. You could take one minute from your night, and that video could go way farther than, you know, like, than any amount, like, video that was shot by someone. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, the raw video, there's nothing else over it. You just hear the song. You hear the people saying. You see the energy in the room. And, yeah. So, you know, I asked you um, where you wanted to be in five years. Yeah. And I you said you still want to be, you know, you want to be very busy and, you know, traveling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You still see yourself... Uh, you know, being in Philly your whole career, or do you kind of want to move maybe to a you know, different coast, different city, or so something that's been really interesting right now um, is that um, a lot of people are like, oh, when can I see you in Philly? And it's starting to t- dwindle. I'm like doing a lot more stuff in Jersey. I'm mm-hmm. you know starting to travel more. I definitely want to still remain a presence in Philly, and I I love playing here. I love the people here. I love I love Philly. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I do want to travel more. I want to be all over the U.S. I want to be in Europe. I want to. I really want to get out there. And so, in the next five years, what I see myself doing is releasing original music, starting to tour, DJing a ton, playing in every city I can. If I can get to Tokyo, I'm gonna play in Tokyo. Um, I really want to take this thing to a large large scale and so you know i'm doing everything i can to do that um i have some really awesome events planned um you know i'm doing uh the brooklyn bowl with uh dj smooth on may 6th um 
June 10th, I'm throwing a yacht party in Philly. Uh, that information is on my Instagram. Check it out. At official Martin Music. That's official M-A-R-T-I-N music. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I have a lot planned. Uh, I'm really excited for how this year is going to shake out. Uh, the summer's looking insane. Um, and I got some really big things coming. But I definitely see myself touring all over the world. I see myself having a lot of music out, and I see myself getting on bigger stages. I feel like sometimes you know there's a cap to where you could really get from just DJing and playing other people's music. Yeah. And then you know when you start making your own, there's no ceiling for yeah. it, for where it could go to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely something I want to start learning because it's really interesting, and I've been. Uh, in the music my whole life, too. Yeah, I played uh, percussion since I was, like, eight years old. Oh, yeah. Um, and it really goes hand-in-hand hand with DJing, too. Yeah. Um, you know, knowing, you know, different things in music theory and, you know, beat matching. I really feel like if somebody really just has a passion for music, uh, they could pick up DJing or producing. A hundred percent. And I don't think people, you know, give enough credit sometimes or realize how much preparation and time like really goes into it and you know that's why you know i think this podcast is great for people that aren't even in nightlife and that want to learn about it or get started you know to working in nightlife um but i, I did want to touch on you know the mental and physical effects mm. on what nightlife bring and working in it you know the long nights yeah and you know long nights that turn into just not sleeping early days and <laughs> Uh, how's that affected you? How, how have you kind of dealt with that? Um, it's really difficult to find a balance. Um, that's the truth. Anyone that tells you otherwise is lying. But uh, I've been really trying to figure that out for me. You know, when the venue closes at two, if there isn't someone important I need to speak to, if I can hold a conversation off till later, I say goodbye to everyone and they can hit me up anytime they want. But I'm, I'm going home. Yeah. I go straight home. I try to go to sleep. Or I watch TV for too long. But <laughs> um, I always try to really, you know, budget my time. You know, being up late is a nature of the job. But it's not something that's great for anyone's mental health. And you know, I still wake up early regardless. It's just something I do. So I need to get in bed by a reasonable hour. So I... There's a couple there's a couple nights here and there that you might see me out late, but I really try to limit it. Um, it takes a huge toll, it really does. Yeah, it does especially just being around so much you know alcohol and yeah. just drunk people having friends come. They're drinking. You know, sometimes you want to stay out with them, like have a good time, and uh, you know also just kind of sometimes separating your personal life you know, with your nightlife, nightlife life, mm -hmm. nightlife life, yeah. <laughs> I'm a very huge advocate of keeping, you know, like, the work and, like, the rest of your life separate. Mm -hmm. You know, like, when I come to work, I'm coming to work. Um, I have an awesome job, but I'm, like, I'm here to work. And when I go home, like, that's my sanctuary. That's where I relax. You know, I got... I recently like moved into a really awesome home, and I'm very happy that with what I've been doing with it. Like I spend a lot of time just like figuring out how I want to decorate another room or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And like that's it's nice to have something great at home, and you know you got to keep it good at home. You got to keep your work your work, and that's how I feel. You know, just finding that good balance between your personal life and you know, your work life is definitely key and huge to really like making it further and the longevity of your career. 100%. You know? I love going and making rounds. Like, on Saturday, um, I finished the wedding. I went home. I showered. I went out. I stopped by as many places as I could. I just love mm -hmm. seeing the people that we work with. Yeah. We work with some really awesome people. 100%. But, you know, I think some people take it too seriously with the I gotta go see everyone if you need a night off take the night off yeah like we are out all the time and I think it's important that people remember that 
the self-care comes first. Because if you're not good to yourself, you cannot be good to others. Uh, there was someone recently, it was their birthday, and everyone was going. And my, my mental health was at an all-time low that day, and I was drained. And if I went out there, all I would have done was made it not fun. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed home. Um, I don't know if this person feels some type of way that I didn't go, but I know that they all had a better time because I wasn't there. And I think that's an important decision that someone should make. I feel like it is the same, but a little different. Like with bartenders, like, like you, Talia, you know, um, I feel like for you even, it's kind of harder sometimes to stay away from like like drinking, like, like while at work and like yeah. stuff like that, you know, because people are buying shots or they want to buy you a shot. you see people you yeah. know and they're coming out and they're like, come out after you're done work and I'm like, and then, like, my best friends come, and I'm like, I don't want to let them down. But literally the other night, I went out after work, and I was so tired. I literally sat there for, like, 30 minutes and had to, like, decompress and feel, like, what's wrong. And I'm like, I, I need to not socialize for, like, <laughs> yeah. I need to, like, <laughs> I literally just need to, like, recalibrate. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when I get done a gig, even, and I'm driving home, and, f- you know, friends were with me at the gig, and dropping them off or something like that. You know, they're trying to blast music in the car. I'm like, guys, I just, like... The silent ride. Yeah, just lower oh, it, There's <laughs> yeah. nothing like a silent ride. You yeah. don't even play music. It's just quiet. <laughs> yeah, there's been times where I worked, like, double gigs, and it's just, like, just constant music for, what, like, 10 hours? Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Like, I got to... I, I just need... Yeah, you're what right. I just need silence and darkness, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the What's the longest set you've done? I'm curious. A private party was probably one of my longest ones, mm-hmm. which was... I think it was, like, a work event. And it was seven hours long, I think. Okay. Just straight, though. Like, yeah. no breaks or anything like that. How about you? Uh, my longest is nine hours. Nine hours. Crawl, but I know someone who's done 15. And oh I, I want to do it. I want to do it at least once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to do it once. At that point, you got to, like, start, like, repeating music. and. The nine yeah. hours, I didn't repeat a thing. Not one thing. I was so proud. Wow. I was very happy. Yeah, I give you props for that. Also, didn't get a lot of requests that day. It was like. That's nice. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had on Saturday at Brew. Mm-hmm. There was not only was I getting a lot of requests, but I had the uh, repeat offenders that mm. you know if I didn't play it in five minutes, they came <laughs> back up like, "Hey, I didn't hear my song yet," and I'm like, "Well, I didn't get to it yet. It's coming." Come on, like here's a good one. <laughs> so at an unknown location, uh, this girl comes up to the booth and. She was like, hey, yo, can you play the song? And what I do at this location, and most locations, unless, like, I have too much going on and I'm not thinking about it, mm-hmm. I'm like, follow me on Instagram, DM me the request. So, like, and I was like, follow, DM the request. Like, because I have to set that standard. That way, as anyone else comes over, that's the standard. And um, they're like, I type it in. I type it in, follow, and I'm like, oh, come soon. And she's like, just play the song. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm not playing it. And the funny thing was, I was at the exact BPM. I was literally going to play it next, but she was rude, yeah. so I didn't play it. Yeah, and then she came back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's like, you're not going to play the song? And I'm like, you yelled at me. Yeah. Like, I'm not playing the song. It was actually going to come next, but you were rude. Okay. I, I don't have a problem playing people's requests. Yeah, I don't either. It's yeah, just, yeah. if you're rude to me, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes people come up. They're like, "You're doing a great job. If you could squeeze this in, yeah. that'd be great." I'm like, "Yeah, I got you. Like, that's awesome." Yeah. Requests aren't bad because you know you want to cater to the crowd and you yeah. know, play what they want and kind of vibe with them. But yeah, you know, just just don't be too aggressive, please. <laughs> Say please and thank you. We're human too. Just don't be a dick. DJs <laughs> do accept tips. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, we accept tips. I've there was one I never night. Thought of it. I mean, there was one night. I don't know what. You know what kind of crowd this was, but they brought their money that night. I mm-hmm. I made two hundred and fifty dollars in tips one night. Nice. I don't know how. Dude. That never happened to me before. It never happened tips? to me again. Like, is that like a it's not like not a, it's not a often. common thing, but it can happen. Yeah. It's nice when you get like people from out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was playing somewhere, and this guy's like, "I'm from Holland or something." It might have not been Holland. It's been a while. But he was like, "It's my last night. I need to get rid of this cash." And I was like, <laughs> "Or you could." <laughs> change it back but you know if, if you want to give it to me um it's cool it's cool it's yeah. very cool yeah no, that's dope so did you have any you know i know you said when you 
first asked that one DJ. Mm-hmm. He kind of said, just figure it out. Yeah. But did you have any mentors or, you know, older DJs that kind of helped you go in the right direction? You know, when I was when I was younger, I would say there was no DJ that really mentored me. Um, you know, like my barber was a DJ, and you know, he he always had like game to spit, but he never like showed me how to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think there was any real DJ mentor for me. I it was truly a figure it out at any point. Right. You know, now that I'm much more established in Philly, you know, I can reach out to any of these people and I'll talk to them. And, you know, there's still some people that help me from a business standpoint or have taught me things. Uh, but I wouldn't say that there was anyone who really showed me how to DJ. Mm-hmm. I definitely have a few people that I do consider mentors, but more, I think, on like, how to be a good human being, how to navigate this world that we're in. Ne- never anything about, you know. Right. Yeah, the yeah. ones and twos. Nothing yeah. about the ones and twos. Yeah, a, a lot of it is figuring it out. You know, yeah. buy a board, figure it out. <laughs> and just start messing around. You download the music and that's it. I remember when I did my first bar, I had no idea still what I was doing. I didn't know how to be match or anything. I was kind of just fading in and out. Yeah. I was like an aux cord. But, uh, and Weiss was like, dude, you got to, like, learn how to, how to mix, how to B-match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he was definitely a huge help to me and, you know, a lot, a lot of other guys. But, you know, one guy that's always been in my corner uh, was Romby, who's the man. You, you know, yeah, the I'm, I know you know Romby. Yeah, who Rom is lives awesome. in Chicago now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's always, you know, just tried to lead me in that direction and told me how to do things the right way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was always a huge help, huge help. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do want to talk about uh, Damaged Goods, too, a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I know Rombie was a part of that with you mm-hmm. for, for, for a while. Uh, how did that kind of start? How did you get involved with Damaged Goods? Um, so Damaged Goods was started by Nico and a decent amount of other people. Some people aren't in that first iteration anymore. Mm-hmm. But when Nico started to um, head it in a different direction and, take it in the form that it is now he asked me to be a part and as you know I've kn- known him since the end of high school so yeah I just wanted to help him you know make something happen and that's kind of it that's awesome and you know for anybody who doesn't know could you explain you know like what damaged goods I guess just is in general uh, damaged goods is a creative collective of artists DJs performers and other things and you know just trying to make things happen yeah, uh, that's awesome. And, you know, it seems like you guys get into like, really cool spots and do, you know, cool events. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, off camera, uh, I saw you guys were doing stuff at the pool after dark. Pool is an awesome venue. Yeah, it's really fun there. Yeah. It is the greatest place ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, know, I know I'm gassing it up, but it is amazing. I played, I played on my birthday. Um, it was so funny because I got... I got the text, and I was like, you don't even know this is my birthday weekend. I'm so happy about yeah, this. Yeah, it's dope. It was awesome. Yeah, I actually was able to do the same thing my birthday weekend play there. Um, I clo- opened I opened up for DJ Vice, That's which awesome. was dope. Vice is sick. Yeah, and he's a super cool guy, too. You know, It's funny when you DJ with these bigger artists or DJs, mm-hmm. and you kind of just see how they're human, too. Yeah. And you know, very down to earth. You know, some guys sometimes could be assholes, obviously, yeah. but some guys, you know, you could actually bro down with. And on honestly, like they're all people, man, yeah. and like a lot of these people are super duper nice. You cannot be in an industry for so long or get as far as a lot of these people do if you're not nice, because someone is be like, oh, I don't want him here. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They're all just really great people. And. Uh, you know, two final things I want you to kind of just tell us your best experience DJing mm-hmm. and your worst experience DJing. Oh, you can choose which one that goes first. <laughs> oh, man. I think the worst one will be such a great story to tell. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. So, worst, <laughs> worst DJ experience of my life. It's my sophomore year of college. I got hit up by this guy. It's Tuesday. Or maybe it was Monday. 
the event was Tuesday. And he's like, yo, do you want to DJ in Long Island? And I was like, it's Tuesday. There's probably money. Why not? And he's, I'm like, yeah, how am I going to get there? And he's like, take the train to Trenton. I'll pick you up at the Trenton uh, train station, and we'll drive up. And I'm like, okay. So Tuesday comes. hop on the train. I get to Trenton. He's not there. And I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, I just left. (laughs) So he gets here, picks me up, and then we just go back to his house. And I'm like, why are we back at your house? He's like, oh, I'm not driving us up. And I'm like, who's driving us up? And he's like, you'll see. I'm like, I don't like that. (laughs) So, (laughs) So guy picks us up. We get in the car. It's this guy. His name's Gibby. I wish I was joking. His name is Gibby. And then... It's Gibby and the guy who told me to come. The guy who told me to come's girlfriend in the front seat. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to use his name. He also just got arrested, which is hilarious, but we'll get there. So Gibby, girlfriend, promoter. That's what we'll say. Okay. So Gibby, girlfriend, promoter, and me in the back seat. We get in the car. He starts driving. First thing he says, Gibby says, is, yo, Promoter, I'm really trying not to say his name. I'm really trying. Yo, promoter, yo, promoter, like, you would have been really impressed with the girls I met in rehab. And I was like, that's a loaded sentence. One, he said that with his girlfriend in the car. Two, wait, did you just get out of rehab? I didn't say this. I'm just processing in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I get myself into? And this dude could not drive for shit. It was the scariest two hours of my life. We get to some fucking Long Island college. We get in. It's the promoter's cousin who's throwing the party. We go to this guy's room. He's like, hey, what's up? And then he just goes into his room and uh, makes sweet, sweet love to his girlfriend. And I'm just like, why am I here right now? Then, like, comes out. And then I'm like, so when are we leaving? And he's like, yeah, we don't have to be there. So, like, just chill out. Uh Like, three hours of my life goes by. And then we head to the, like, the bar. There's, like, two, three DJs opening for you. Uh And I'm like, are you fucking, what? I could be home. (laughs) And, dude, they're all, like, like, awful. Like, god awful. Uh And... One was brutal, second brutal, and then promoter's cousin hops on. He's fucking blacked out. And he's just, he's like at 80 beats per minute, sings a song at 120, and it just sounds freaking awful. Oh my God, it was terrible. And I'm like, promoter, I need to get on. And he somehow he got me on. I play, I don't know what time this place closes. <laughs> so I play, it's like 2.36, and I'm like, I'm gonna stop. I just stopped. No one told me that it was bad I stopped. Everyone was still just trying to ha- kind of hanging out. Some people started to leave. I'm like, what is going on? And so I get off. Promoter runs up to me. He's like, yo, Martin, something really bad happened. And I'm like, what? Because at this point, this day has been a whole shit show. And he's like, yo. So I saw Gibby kissing my girlfriend so i fought him and he ran away with the car and i'm like how are we getting home and and he's like i don't know so him and his girlfriend are fighting and then um the promoter's cousin and his girlfriend are apparently fighting and then i go up to the promoter's cousin and i'm like yo i where's the money and he's like yo I don't think I have enough to pay you. And I was like, no, you're freaking paying me. I was promised da-da-da-da. As he says this, he tips the bar $400. Oh, my God. One, I respect a promoter that tips the bar. Pay everyone else before you give money. You don't have to give. Mm -hmm. And he's so drunk, so he's dropping money everywhere. And I saw a little money fall. I just put my foot down. So both couples are still fighting. We're there for another hour for some reason. And then they finally decide to call an Uber. We're in the car headed back to the college. Rotor's like, okay, so you know what's wild? 
I actually own his car. I bought it so we can drive it home. And I was like, okay, so we're leaving. And he's like, but I want to have fun first. And I'm like, it's 3.30 in the morning. You don't get to have fun anymore. And then we go back to we go back to the room. He freaking disappears. And now it's me, the girlfriend who's distraught, and then promoter's cousin in promoter's room. Then for some reason, they all leave the room. And it's just me in the room. I took the exact amount of money I was supposed to be paid. I should have took more, but it is what it is. You know, values or whatever. But I saw where he put it. I took my exact payment that I was supposed to be had. As we all walk out, promoter is coming up the stairs laughing his ass off with the girl. We know what they just did. And his girlfriend is right next to me. And I'm like, all right, so we're ready to go. I got the keys. Let's go out of here so we're driving and it's me promoter in the this passenger seat girlfriend's in the back and i'm driving and he's like you can you can you just like pull over can you just like over like i gotta go back and i'm like no you don't (laughs) and he's like i gotta i'll just call an uber from the middle of the highway i'm like what are you talking about and i literally i said you are not going anywhere we're going home and so then we get to a point where um, on the highway, we're in Jersey now, and if we take this exit, it goes to my mom's house. In fact, I'm going to my mom's, and I will get home from there, and you can have your girlfriend drive, or whatever she is now. You can figure that out on your own time. Yeah. And he's just like, no. And I'm like, it's not my car, so I just pull over. We just sit here for an, sit there for an hour. And then he gives in, drive to my mom's house. Girlfriend gets in, the, gets in the driver's seat, looks at me with the worst look in the whole world, like, I hate that you've seen all of what has transpired tonight. And that was the worst DJ experience I've ever had. Yeah, that sounded like a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's crazy, it's real. Yeah, yeah um, that's funny. Yeah, that was uh, the best Tuesday of my life, actually. <laughs> um, best DJ experience. I forgot it was a Tuesday. Right? That's a freaking yeah, Tuesday. Crazy, it's right? all Tuesday, on a Tuesday. You know? And I had class <laughs> Wednesday morning. Club going up. On a Tuesday, I definitely played that. Best experience. And this is kind of tied in all as one because I also uh, performed an original song that night. Um, but... It was fall 2021, uh, yes, um, and me and one of the companies that I own, Philly Creators, we all performed and opened up for Florida, and um, I DJed in between every act, and I got to perform myself as well, and it was awesome. Like, in front of 5,000 people, we really got to showcase and do our thing, and that was just a really special night. So I would say that's the best. Yeah, I bet. DJing for, um, you know, like a concert crowd, which I've only done a few times. And like I said, Kingston was like, yeah, yeah it was dope. Yeah, it's very different feeling. And you could feel like you could almost just, like, play anything. And yeah. like, people are just going to vibe with you. You know, it's yeah. so surreal feeling. Do you have any final announcements or anything you, know, you want to tell, tell the people? Um, Friday, I'm at Pace and Blossom. Saturday, I'm at Vesper. And we're just going to turn things up. Um, that's going to be my last day in Philly for a little bit of time. So if you can come out this weekend, come show some love. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Martin, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at official, M-A-R-T-I-N music. That's official music spelled correctly. Um, thanks for watching. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs> Toodles. Woo.